When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The panel. Aaron Goyle is uh, with us this morning, as is uh, Jamie Wall. And, uh, Jamie, I'll begin with you. Uh, man, uh, we have uh, controversy around the, the All Blacks at times, mostly about the team and the coach, etc. But uh, what about the Springboks? Uh, they've lost a player, been sent home to explain to his wife uh, and all sorts of allegations of, of dealings uh, alongside the... Uh, the dietitian, and now uh, we see um, allegations of recreational drug use the team having to deny. South African rugby livid about it. Oh, come on, Smithy. We're not going to talk about the shield first up. Come on, mate. No, no Jamie. On. I'm in ch- Hey, Jamie, it's like the Gestapo. I asked the questions here, okay? Remember that one? Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right. You're off the hook. But, but, but trust me, we're going to circle back to this point. But I will say uh, straight up, yes, it does feel like um, the Springboks uh, would be a good good fun team to be playing for at the moment. kind of reminds me of um, my own side and the way we behaved this year. Uh, and <laughs> I think that... Uh, Quite clearly, they have a strong team culture, um, and there's obviously someone in there snatching a little bit. And um, well, to be honest, though, like in all seriousness, uh, they they are still getting the results on the field. So I, I feel like whatever's actually happening uh, in in their in their space at the moment um, feels like a bit of a distraction, and that they they probably need to kind of. Uh, push out like who's blabbing on them um at the moment um feel a bit uh feel a bit sorry for whoever got stung um you know doing some lines on the weekend um they are in south america (laughs) after all so you know who (laughs) you know who can blame them um but yeah uh, it's uh it's it's quite clearly like to be honest like when it comes down to like what's actually wrong with um rugby at the moment um this this is not very high on, on my my agenda um Probably more like uh, let's let's talk about what at the end of that Blues like Cup test, which I'm sure you obviously have been for the last few days. Uh, mm. like, I think that's probably more important. This is a, just a little bit of a distraction. It, it, it'll go away. Okay, uh, let's uh, pop across to Aaron Gordon. I'll give you that opportunity, uh, Aaron. There's been a, a lot of fallout, of course. Um, we've got uh, Nigel Owens, uh, Nigel Owens co- commenting on the refereeing performance, etc. Uh, we're here, Australia now. I've formally asked uh, World Rugby for a please explain. Not that'll mean anything in turning over the result or anything. What have you, Aaron? What have you made of this fallout? Yeah. Good morning, Smithy. Good morning, Jamie. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well. If rugby needed a few more spectators, uh, do you think we might have them now, or 
or maybe the opposite. Um, certainly intriguing, and if only the Bledisloe was still on the line, you know, maybe had it gone the other way, um, and this weekend it would have just been, you know, huge build-up, wouldn't it, for Eden Park, but because it's locked away, it's a little bit, uh, you know, on the other foot, but yeah, it's really hard to know what to make of it because we've just sort of never seen anything like it as um, everyone sort of talked about. But I mean, at the end of the day, the All Blacks still had to do the job. At the end, they were given the opportunity to win it, um, and they did from that scrum. And um, yeah, I think right now, you know, um, when you look at that incident in isolation, he was um, telling Foley to play the ball. Um, it's in the law book to, to um, play the penalty without delay. Um, he did communicate to Foley. His teammates were communicating to him as well. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history, isn't it? It is history, Aaron. It's history for uh, the Wallabies, but they don't want to appear they, they want it to be. Uh, Jamie, uh, you've watched a lot of rugby. You've watched a lot of uh, rugby where it's been slowed down, where it's been delayed, where there have been uh, issues uh, over time and etc. What uh, what have you made of uh, all of this all of a sudden uh, on the back of this decision? Yeah, well, like Aaron said, uh, it's the first time I've ever seen that rule enforced uh, at, at any level, um, and that includes games that I've played in myself, where there's definitely a lot of time wasting um, going on. My understanding of how you'd handle that situation um, is for the referee to blow time off and then restart the clock once the kick's been taken to ensure that there is one last one last play before uh, full time or before the hooter goes. Uh, because that's essentially what what would have happened off the back of that kick. Um, part of me thinks that if the Wallabies really wanted to kill time, um, they they would have taken a scrum because that that could have wound the clock right down um, to the point where all they'd need to feed it do is feed the ball and, and kick it out. So if they'd been a little bit smarter, if they were really really thinking about about uh, wasting time, they could have really done it quite easily. Like if Foley had just banged it into touch. They could have walked as slowly as they possibly could to the line-out. Their line-out was pretty solid. Um, and even if the All Blacks had somehow pinched the ball back, they would have been starting from, you know, halfway rather than five metres out uh, in search of a try because Sam Whitelock had obviously uh, signalled that they were going to go for the win. And, and fair enough too, because a draw is as good as a loss in that situation for the All Blacks. Uh, but I, I, I'm just... I just struggle with like why then why why was it enforced then you know like after everything that goes on in every rugby match all all the season it's like it comes down to the most crucial point of an incredibly crucial game and that's when it happens and 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 you're like man like how on earth does this does it come to this and it's just another sort of anomaly in in the rugby's laws uh, where you're going, well, yeah, I mean, he's right, but at the same time, he's wrong. And there's kind of no no real, uh, you know, going back on the matter because, and, and Nick White, obviously, you know, the footage has come out of him having that conversation. I got to see that conversation, and I was really wondering what he said, so I'm glad that someone picked it up on the mic, um, you know, saying, like, mate, you just cost us the rugby championship. And he's right, it, it, it did. I mean, but I mean, then again, you can say, well, the Wallabies cost it themselves. But it's really hard not to feel sorry for them, though, because, like, really, they did deserve to win that game. 
Oh, I think they did. I think they deserve to win it. Um, a, a tad uh, of uh, a hollow victory, but then again, uh, most New Zealanders will, will take that any time against an Australian team. It is uh, 10.30 here on SENZ. We've got uh, Alan Goyle and Jamie Wall with us on the panel this morning. We'll be back shortly with another couple of issues to deal with. In the meantime, here's Araha with the news. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Rightio, this morning we have uh, out of the Waikato, Aaron Goyle, and out of Wellington, Jamie Wall. And that means, gentlemen, he's all on this weekend for young and old. Uh, Aaron Goyle, on the back of that performance, though, against Otago, how confident are you uh, about this Ranfurly Shield clash? Yeah, pretty confident. Um, I think those Waikato guys might have... uh taken in that game on Saturday night and then perhaps taken the eye off the ball a little bit in Dunedin yesterday. Um, probably a little bit hard not to, too, unbeaten through the competition so far and, and yeah, with that shield shot the following week. So, no, nah, I think they'll be right up for this one. And a drought for Waikato, too. It's, in the, it's been uh, four years since they uh, last held it. <laughs> Okay, well then, uh, here you go. Here's uh, here's your platform, platform, Mr. Wall. Go for it. Um, on the back of Hawks Bay, uh, just really, um, I won't say yeah, they no, were no, poor, no, but no, they weren't. They weren't no, great. No, no, Hawks no. Bay. It's Hawks Bay. Yesterday's news, Smithy. Um, look, this is uh, just a great result for rugby. It's a great result for Wellington. It's a great result for New Zealand. Uh, the Shield is back where it belongs uh, in a city that that deserves it. A uh, city that's done it tough, a uh, city that's had to, you know, as as a as a as someone who's grown up, that you have to wait a long time between reasons to smile about a rugby team, uh, but they make it worthwhile with performances like that on Saturday night. I just want to pay tribute to some to some heroes, uh, T.J. Perinata, uh, Julian Savia, uh, Safa Amor. Put them all back in the All Blacks. Uh, make them all co-captains. Um, I believe uh, they all just played out of their skins. Uh, I think that I think that the test match intensity that they brought to uh, to that 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 woeful field uh, that you call a home ground in McLean Park uh, it really elevated everybody on that field, including Horse Bay. They had to raise their game to match Wellington's just stunning intensity that they brought. Uh, and I think that. Uh, you know, it came down to a clutch play right at the end. Big James Blackhall got across and, 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 you know, called his own number and got up at number two and 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 just and just snaked that ball off that line out. And that's how you win shield matches. You win it by, you know, sheer guts and determination. And that's what Wellington did. And I, and I feel like Waikato just m- might as well not even bother coming down um, this Saturday because I've got, got absolutely no chance. And um, the shield is going to stay at Wellington for a long, long time. Yeah, Jamie, uh, it was 19-12, not 63-5. Good God. <coughs> well, um, you know, uh, the way I saw it, uh, it might as well have been 50. Okay, um, fair enough. Uh, we'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll just speculate throughout the week as uh, what might happen there. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be one hell of a challenge. It'll probably uh, play the test match, to be perfectly honest, in terms of quality and intrigue. Uh, let's uh, look at, uh, Aaron, if we can, uh, the Black Caps. The Black Caps uh, T20 World Cup squad, which is named tomorrow. Uh, any changes, any uh, surprises from your point of view? 
No surprises, Smithy. Um, I think it's all, you know, it's all sort of done and dusted, really, isn't it? I mean, I can't see any, apart from Adam Milne, um, you know, possibly being fit and, you know, he could edge out Matt Henry. Um, I, I, the only question mark I would have um, is over Ish Sodi. Um, you know, he's been a strong performer for New Zealand in the white ball format, you know, particularly T20 for several years now. But with um, Michael Bracewell coming on and obviously Mitch Santner being lead spinner, um, yeah, I just don't know about Sodi. He's bowling a few, few too many bad balls for my liking, um, you know, that have been getting duly punished. And, yeah, I just I don't even know in the 11 if they'd even entertain the sort of two spinners in Australia anyway. But with Bracewell's ability to bat, um, you know, and the way he's come on, he could be another one to play alongside Santa and spin the ball the other way. So... Apart from that, I'd just like to see Finn Allen given a chance at the top of the order, whether that's with Martin Guttel or without. But in terms of a 15, um, you know, I think it's pretty set. I wouldn't be uh, asking you too much about uh, the cricket, Jamie, because it's a game of way too much culture and um, and uh, I think uh, way too much intrigue perhaps perhaps your basic Wellington rugby mind to be involved in so uh, I'll go past that and I'll go back to a rugby subject that you might be a little bit more akin with and that's uh, our good friend uh, Andrew Mertens uh, saying what about uh, an official timekeeper Uh, and 30 minutes half could be employed to encourage time wasting so uh, that's even less than uh, secondary school rugby what do you feel about Mertz do you think he was just um, having a moment well, I, I'd firstly like to remind you that the greatest cricket ground in the world, the Basin Reserve, is in Wellington, Smithy, so I'd just like to put that out there for you. Um, but, yeah, interesting from Mertz, um, because it's not it's not a terrible idea, uh, because I think that anything that can improve on the situation that got manipulated uh, into what we had the other night um, is probably a good idea. Uh, I think that time off, for, for scrums and, and line-outs and, and so forth, which is something that often gets brought up, um, is kind of a basic way of looking at it, though, because I feel like that would just mean that even more time would get uh, spent setting scrums because you know you don't actually have to uh, you know, set it by, by a certain time. So unless they instituted some sort of shot clock, um, uh, like they do in the NRL for scrums and so forth, then I don't know how, what sort of, how that would actually solve um, the problem, and you'd probably end up having, you know, uh, games that last over two hours. Um, I I think, you know, if I could um, offer some sort of uh, uh, solution myself, it's more like look at the NFL and have some sort of rule where by maybe the last five minutes or the last two minutes even, um, the rules kind of change, and that's when you can start stopping the clock for... Uh, for for the ball going out of play or scrums or whatever, and, and that might make things uh, a little bit um, a little bit more clear uh, at the business end of games. I mean, to the, Aaron, to, to me, do the referees need any more help? I mean, and that is one of the things that Nigel Owens pointed out in this article over the week on his interview was uh, the influence of uh, non-actual refereeing people involved in the game, i.e. TMOs, is diluting the game and, and it's not good in all areas. So 
So would a time clock also just dilute that as well, Aaron? Yeah, I think so. I think players just need to listen to the man in the middle. Um, it's as simple as that. He's there. He's the ruler of time. Yes, he has two people on the sideline, um, one in the box upstairs, and whoever else um, in terms of timekeepers. But at the end of the day, he is the one who has to decide which penalty do I blow or not blow at every ruck, every scrum, every maul, etc. There's so many grey areas in rugby. It's just part of the game. There's absolutely no need to bring in any more shot clock, PMO, time keeping, what have you. You know, it's just, if he says play the ball, kick the ball, kick it out. Just listen to him. You know, like, he's the one that's going to decide if it's a penalty. So, yeah, I think it's pretty simple, really. Okay. Uh, Aaron Goyle and uh, Jamie Wall have uh, been our panellists this morning. Um, you know what will happen, uh, Jamie Wall, if uh, Wellington do actually turn the shield over in the space of seven days, you will be on the panel next Monday. You know that, don't you? Yeah, well, that's not going to happen, so I'm not worried. So there you go. Okay, and uh, Aaron, uh, if you do happen to turn it over from them, we'll probably uh, be calling you as well. So uh, enjoy the week and build up, fellas, and uh, we look forward to uh, that clash at uh, Sky Stadium on Saturday afternoon at uh, 4.35. Should be an absolute ripper. Aaron Goyle, Jamie Wall, our panellists today. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.